Hello listener, welcome back to another episode of the DigiCoach podcast. My name's Leanne and today we'll be talking about alcohol, the hedonic set point and your brain chemistry and how it's affected. So before we go into this, um, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could share it, like it, review it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. It helps me out and helps the algorithms and more listeners to find me and see and listen to my podcast um, so thanks in advance so the reason why I wanted to learn more about alcohol like the science-based facts the evidence the habit forming impacts that it can have on your life is because as a new mother it's something that I wasn't expecting but I have used um, alcohol as a crutch um, especially after me and my partner split you know it was a way because obviously as a single mum you're doing everything and like later on at night you've had a busy day comes I say at night three or four five o'clock in the afternoon um and then (coughs) you're getting your child settled for bedtime they might not want to go and then lo and behold the toddler starts having a tantrum I wouldn't mind if she was having a tantrum it's the level of noise she's so loud (coughs) she probably gets that from me though um, so yeah, I've definitely um, built a habit of using alcohol to numb the stress <coughs> and I wanted to wait before I spoke about this because it's quite a recent, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's obviously a big deal for me to admit this, but yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic or anything, I, I was just drinking more alcohol than I wanted to, I was drinking um two to three times a week in excess um and i just didn't i just looked at myself and i was like i don't want to be this person i don't want to be this role model for my child you know i've got business goals um aesthetic goals like losing fat and (coughs) excuse me (coughs) we know that alcohol lowers your inhibitions and the more you learn about it and I've also been looking at managing stress which I'll go into the next podcast but the more you look into it and learn about it then you can 100% turn it around and um, find other (coughs) find other ways to distress or whatever your reason is a lot of women a lot of um, mothers and fathers de-stress with alcohol so this is a really important topic that I wanted to cover so First of all, if you if you're drinking, I'm not saying like so. I'm not obviously not qualified to work with anyone who does abuse with abuse alcohol. Um, it is a drug, a legalized drug, a chemical depressant called ethyl alcohol, or ETOH is the chemical um, terminology for it. ETOH. Um, so yeah, like. If you do feel like you're struggling with giving up alcohol, I recommend you see um, your GP, a medical professional, they'll be able to point you in the right direction. I'm not saying there's many other things than Alcoholics Anonymous and you don't have to be a heavy drinker to consult these people, you know, they're, they're the experts. But I wanted to share with you what I found interesting and what's helped me come out of that habit and form new healthier ones that align with my goals because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So as well... I want you to treat yourself with compassion because, like I said, it is a drug. It slows down the central nervous system, so it affects your brain. 
um, it, that's the mo that's the organ that's affected the most, the brain, um, and it goes, it with, undergoes structural changes long term of uh, using alcohol. So you might have noticed yourself having one or two glasses a week, no problem, great, and then you think that didn't really do it for me this week I'm gonna have it might not happen as fast as this but for some people it does and the next week you have you double the dose and then you go from there and it just increases more and more and then you find yourself thinking about alcohol lunchtime then it begins as soon as you get up you know so it is progressive so it's important that you do identify this like I said treat yourself with compassion you're only human and you need to find and identify the reason why you drink. So for me, it was stress, but I thought is the more, like it took a few days <coughs> to identify it and to be sure that for me it was stress because I was also feeling tired as well. And I was thinking, is it because I'm tired? I know I was, stress was just hitting me more later on in the day because I was tired, but it was, I was wanting to numb the stress with alcohol but as well keep in mind when you numb one emotion you numb the oppo the opposing muscle uh, the opposing muscle bloody personal training talk you you numb the opposite emotion so opposite to stress <coughs> sorry apologies i just had a coughing fit there i think it's because it's getting smoky in here because i'm cooking um so yeah the opposite emotion to stress would be like happiness and like positive emotions and if you do one emotion like the negative it has an effect on the other <coughs> excuse me so yeah it's really important that you identify your why you need to really think about this and it's very similar the way this works when you look at habit forming and nutrition and fitness exercise that whole lifestyle and changing your habits because I'll say to a client why do you want to lose weight <clears throat> why do you want to weigh nine stone and they'll say oh, I think I'll feel better at nine stone yeah but why do you want to lose why, why do you want to weigh nine stone and <clears throat> you can be a, there can be a 20 minute conversation there and once they do feel more relaxed and you, you're able to delve more into things they can kind of start to be honest with you and say I got called obese all the way through school and I've got this ideology of when I was nine stone I was happy and you know so <clears throat> it's not as simple as why do you want to do it because it's unhealthy you know like I said um I didn't want to be that kind of person I didn't want my daughter to see me drinking alcohol um I'm talking like this is far in the past this is all like within the last two weeks but I'm firmly, I believe that I'm firmly established now in my new habits and dealing with things. Um, and you can be too if you are struggling <clears throat> or you think you will struggle in the future. So it's still an interesting episode, hopefully. So the effects that alcohol can have, you've got your short-term and your long-term effects. So like I said, the brain is the most affected along with the central nervous system. Um, it has a huge impact on serotonin and dopamine, which are your feel-good endorphins, and cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Um, without it, take note, do you feel more agitated, stressed? Do you have trouble dealing with these emotions? Are you anxious? 
depressed when you don't have it you know do you shout at those around you when you've run out um so just take note like it's all about self-analyzing basically um so yeah it affects your cognitive function long term and cognitive and mood dysfunction like i said brain undergoes structural changes which affect the above um and you have mental and emotional <clears throat> effects so these path like the, the brain is malleable and it can repair up to a certain extent but the longer you drink then you can have permanent damage um in the brain so next i wanted to talk about dopamine and the hedonic set point now i never knew about this and i thought this was fascinating so when you think when you have a drink of alcohol it gives you a quick hit of dopamine but that's not a normal uh, hit first of all it's done with minimal effort so it's already not right you know like if you're reading if you just finished a book or um you ran yourself a bath or you went for a walk there's a lot more effort rather than just pouring a glass of something um so it's a synthetically it's a synthetically larger hit than anything would naturally give you so already your brain's thinking hey i'll give me some of this um so the neurochemical dopamine it's released in the brain and interacts with <coughs> other neurons and um results in your pleasure sensation your ah it's better kind of thing it's your primal desire ensuring survival that your, your brain knows once it's had this dopamine hit that everything's fine everything's safe and that's where the connection begins to strengthen between alcohol dopamine and you feeling like you need it the brain thinks alcohol is then needed for survival because it's giving this the brain a synthetic hit a large hit of dopamine and that starts to change something called your hedonic set point so the pre uh, the hedonic set point is before alcohol you used to name an activity go to the gym go for a run in the morning play with your child and the laughter would give you the dopamine hit cook food eat food you know um it was satisfying satiated your dopamine levels your brain you were happy when alcohol got in the mix those small things that you used to do don't give you the same high anymore and your set points raised so for example um you can't go back to like just having like you won't get the same hit you won't get the same feel good for for doing this, the stuff that you used to do if that makes sense hopefully that makes sense so what you need to do this does take time because like i said the the brain can repair itself to a certain extent <clears throat> and identifying what your re the reasoning is first for your drinking what you can do in terms of de-stressing or if you're anxious it's a little bit and depressed it's a little bit more complicated because there's medication out there there's cbt um you know if it's a decision fatigue it's putting things in place to help you so remember as well you can't bully yourself into change and you can't 
force yourself into change you need to work with yourself for example so I, I used to enjoy a bath so the thought of just having a normal bath boring so I've made a more uh, more of a deal with my baths now I'll have bath salts in them I'll have a bath bomb I'll have loads of bubbles I'll have Netflix next to me I'll have candles lit and so it smells lush and I'll just take loads of deep breaths and just yeah I'm loving my baths at the moment now um reading as well so uni is my reading but that's forcing me and I know I'll get a dopamine hit when I send this essay off next Thursday um but the weekend for me, like me being away from Ariadne was always difficult because I don't like to, because I've, I've always been with either my dog Max who passed away a couple of years ago or my daughter and I'm not used to being on my own. So I've got to keep busy. But then when I'm not busy, I kind of, it's weird to me. Like I've always had someone there, like ever since I was 14, you know, obviously like my parents as well. Um, so yeah it's identifying what it is that would help you and trying new things so I've gone to the sunbed this week I've enjoyed the sunbed you know like it felt amazing like have you seen this weather by the way like it is so windy there's trees and that falling about around us there's roof falling off in Stirling I hear it's crazy and in Cumbria it's pushing it down with rain so I hear as well so what better way to top up your vitamin D? Now I'm not condoning sunbeds, right? Apparently before the age of, I think it's 35, but it might be 30, but I think it's 35. Before the age of 35, if you have a sunbed, you're 50% more likely to get skin cancer. So it's totally up to you, but it's a vitamin D boost. It is smart tanning, so it's better for you than the sun. There's no gamma rays. It's UVA and UVB. The reason why I know so much about sunbeds because I used to work in a sunbed shop years ago. That's why it's kind of stuck with me. <coughs> so yeah, I felt lovely and warm. Got a heat in me, you know. Um, I felt lovely and warm when I came out, and I've, I have kind of little like burnt myself a little bit because I wanted two in a week <laughs> just to see. Um, if I could go brown that fast, and I have actually. Anyway, I'm going off point, I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, you need to find out what, like if you're not used to going out and getting your steps in, or if you're not used to hill walking, or going to the cinema, going for a spa day, going for a facial once a week, a massage, a de-stress, you know, there's loads of things. There's, you could go swimming, you could go to a jacuzzi, steam room, sauna. Um, like sometimes just reading a book to, and making you your child laugh um, taking them somewhere new seeing their excitement on the face you know and you will have cravings and if if they're like mine they're not too bad you know <clears throat> it's just I've got gone into a slight um I'm just drinking more than I mean like I, I think they call it gray area drinking like not a problem but drinking more than I, like I should be if you know what I mean so um remember as well it's not just alcohol it's, it's on its own that's a problem it reduces your inhibitions so if you're on a diet and fat loss phase chances are as soon as you've had a few you're gonna go fuck it let's have a takeaway damage is done now it's very hard to stay like in control of yourself and you'll maybe put yourself in situations that you shouldn't be in and 
I could go on. There's there's many reasons and <clears throat> um, to give up anyway. But point is back to the hedonic set point. You can put your set point back to where it was originally. So it just takes time. It just like takes a bit of practice um, in practicing these new things out. You feel at a distress and tune into the way you feel during these activities and yeah and the more you tune into it and the more you build that connection in your brain then you end up not missing alcohol as much and then hopefully it will eventually go and a, and a thing to add to that as well once your set point is uh, back to the way it was or roughly like because uh, never put so much pressure on yourself where you say never drinking alcohol it's as bad as saying I'm never having chocolate again. You know, it's reverse psychology. It's like a toddler, like you cannot do this and they'll just want to do it even more. You know, it won't, if you push, you're going to get resistance back, okay? <clears throat> it goes to that, again, um, don't bully yourself into change, be kind to yourself. Um, but yeah, if you are struggling or you want to talk about it, <clears throat> you know where I am on... Um, Instagram at the Digicoach PT. I'm always here for like to help folk because I, I do enjoy helping people change their lives and become better and self development. Um, but yeah, hopefully, this was interesting. If you've got any questions or anything to add, let me know. Lastly, last thing that I'll add before I leave you is journal, keep a diary. Um, and be totally honest as well. A lot of people aren't because they're afraid that someone will find it, which I totally get. But the more honest you are in these journals, the more that it'll help you. It's like the cheapest form of therapy. It identifies and you so much about yourself and you learn so much about yourself. Just give it a try, 10 minutes a day for a week and I bet you will get benefits from it. Right. Uh, love you and leave yous and thank you very much for listening. Bye.